Welcome to the Christian Church of Estes Park. We are disciples of Jesus that build generational, transformational disciples of Jesus. And I want to say thank you, John and Bev, for being here. And I love the focus on discipleship that we'll be going through this year, obviously right there in the heart of this congregation as well. And so it's a it's just a privilege to be able to stack hands with you guys and, and to have you with us. And to all of our dads out there, happy Father's Day. It's uh, wonderful to have you guys with us. Uh, uh, we'll celebrate you today. In fact, that's going to be kind of the core of our message, looking at God's Word as the heart of a wise father. But, you know, uh, the Bible really talks about the importance of fathers, and uh, culture really demonstrates the importance of fathers. Study after study show demonstrates the importance of having a good dad around. And uh, fathers are providers, they're protectors, um, they're the primary disciplers of their family. And so as John and Beth, when I was in youth ministry, I got to testify to this too, the, the youth ministry is a supplement to the discipleship that has to happen at home. That's where the best discipleship takes place. And so uh, for you dads, we're going to celebrate you. We say thank you for the amazing uh, role that you play as we talk about generational transformational disciples uh, makers. Uh, dads are a real important part of that. Now, uh, we go through our series, Wisdom in the Secret Heart, and we're going to talk about the wisdom, the wise heart of a good dad. Um, we do happen to have a memory verse, Proverbs 1, 7. And uh, that's our memory verse for the whole series. And if we're going to start with wisdom, we want to make sure that we have the building block for wisdom. And next week, we're going to talk about this particular message, since it's such a, a foundational message in Proverbs or, or passage there. So uh, but we want to set it to our heart right now. So this is what you do. Just say it along with me a few times, and we'll get on with the message. So here we go. Three, two, one. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 1, 7. Very good. You sounded like I was a downer. No, this is beginning stuff. This is good stuff right here. Okay, so here we go. Say it again. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 1, 7. Okay, one more time just to test ourselves. Here we go. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 1 7. Awesome. That was much better. Good job, guys. Now, you'll notice on your uh, connection card, there is a memory verse card attached there. If you want to take that off, take it with you. If you haven't done so already in one of our earlier messages, make sure you have that with you. Um, really important thing. If you are visiting or joining us online today and you would like one of those, just email us and we will we'll, uh, make sure that we mail one out to you so you have a memory verse card as well. Now, if you have your Bibles, it'd be helpful if you would join me today in Proverbs chapter 24. Oh, I always have to take my glasses off because my mask makes them fog. There we go. I can see you all again. Oh, how wonderful. And uh, there we go. So Proverbs chapter 24, um, this is a section of Proverbs that was put together by Hezekiah's wise counsel. And so some of you all, if you have uh, Bibles, that um, what they do in these is they're broken up into wise sayings. And today we're going to be on wise saying 26. But if you're in one of our Bibles here at the church, uh, our Bibles don't do that. And so we're going to be in Proverbs 24 and we're going to be reading verses 13 and 14. And this was put together uh, from the Spirit of God, and it really speaks to the heart of a wise father. So let me read that with you. It says, Eat honey, my son, for it is good. Honey from the comb is sweet to your taste. Know also that wisdom is like honey for you. If you find it, there is a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. Isn't that awesome? 
And in this passage, God reveals to us three insights into the heart of a wise father. And there is also one really powerful application that the Word of God teaches us in this as we walk in wisdom. So that's what we're going to cover today. And if you're really nice, I'll even give you a bonus point too. All right, so let's go into it. The three points of a wise father, insights. The first one is a wise fathers, what are they? They want good things for their children. Do you see that in there? Where it says, eat honey, my son, for it is good. Now, here's a father talking to his son, and the very first thing he talks about is what's good for his kid. And we shouldn't pass over that. Now, that's the foundation of being a wise father. You really can't do anything else as a dad in wisdom if you're not looking out for your kid's best interests, what's good for them. Wise fathers want what's good for their children. And I know that wise children recognize that, that their dads really want what's best for them. God created dads to seek the good in their children and the good for their children. It's one of the reasons that God created fathers there, that that masculine heart, that protective heart, that providing heart, that fathers are there to provide and protect their children, to make sure that their children have what is necessary, good things. And in order to seek the good of their children, sometimes dads have to do that at the expense of what's good for them. It's a call to selflessness, isn't it? To seek somebody else's good above your own, you know what that's called? That is the definition of love. And so love starts here. A dad's love begins when he says to his children, what does my children, what do they need? What does my family need? And I'm going to go and I'm going to make sure that they have that. A wise father starts there. And, he, and therefore, when you have this love, love almost always requires sacrifice. Which is why you see dads oftentimes getting up early and going to jobs year after year after year and sometimes working extra hours and doing these things. Why? To provide for their family, to do what's best for their kids, to make sure that they have good things. And so a wise father thinks about what's best for my family, what's best for my children, even if it comes at an expense to me and is willing to make the cost. So that's, that's the first thing a wise father does. But that's not the only thing a wise father does. You'll notice that the next part of that is that wise fathers not only want good things for the children, but they also want the children to enjoy life. And those are two kind of different things, aren't they? The first one is you have what's necessary, what's good for you. The second thing is to actually enjoy life together. Look at what it says right after that. It says, verse 13, eat honey, my son, for it is good. Honey from the comb is sweet to your taste. A wise father really thinks about uh, what is going to bring their children joy, to make their life good. You know, dads were created to bring joy into the home, right? Dads are, are risky and they're playful, right? That's how God made us. You know, study after study has shown how children bond with their parents, especially when they're infants, and they hook up those little electrode things to little kids' heads. I would never let them touch my son that way, but, but you know, they did, <laughs> right? And, and they would say, how do children bond with their parents? You know, they bond different with their mom than they do with their dad. And both boys and girls bond differently with their mom and their dad. With moms, children bond through nurture. That when a mom cuddles them and talks to them and sings over them and, and, and you know, nurtures them, children have this bond in their mind that chemically creates an emotional bond between the child and a mother through nurture. But do you know that doesn't happen that way with dads? The children bond with their fathers. The same kind of chemical connections, all those, those emotional things, happen when children play with their fathers. Which is why you see dads do stupid things with their kids. Like they're throwing them in the air like way too high. 
right? They were tickling, wrestling on the floor, doing all that kind of stuff, right? Dads were designed by God to be playful and to bring joy into the home. When a dad shows up, the kids should be like, yeah, right? That's why dads are, are fun. That's why dads have the best jokes. I mean, we're famous for them, aren't we? It's because of who we are. And the fathers look for ways to help their children have a more than just a good life, but a happy life, a life that is enjoyable. It beats at the heart of a father. Nothing makes a wise father heart sing more than when he sees his children enjoying life. Right? When you see your son and your daughter doing something amazing and they're enjoying you, you're like, yes! And so a wise father seeks that, not just to make their children's life this drudgery or to make it get through, right? It was more than just allowing them to have good things. It's how they enjoy the good things in life. But you really can't get to this point if you don't start with what's good for them. How can you really truly enjoy life if they don't have what's necessary to survive, what's actually good? And so we grow into this area of being able to play with our children and enjoy their children and teach them the richness and the fullness of great life. But you know, that's not the end of it. See, God didn't just make dads be Disneyland dads, right? That's, and some guys kind of get to that point, but then they fail to get to the next part, the next level, kind of the, the height or, or the, the pinnacle of what a wise father's heart longs for. And we see it in the next passage, and it says that, that wise fathers want their children to have a successful future. It's not just about them having fun in life. A wise father's vision for their children goes far beyond their child's vision for their own future. Right? It looks down the road and it sees them and, as adults and, and them as they are raising their kids. Look what the father says in verse 14. See, at 13, he says, E honey, my son, for it is good. Honey from the comb is sweet to your taste. Right? That's all great. I want you to enjoy life. I want you to have that good honey. But know also that wisdom is like honey for you. If you find it, there is a future hope for you. And your hope will not be cut off. What was the father's heart here? Where does he want this to go? He doesn't want just their kids to have a fun life. He wants them a successful future. And a wise father has an eye for their children that is far-sighted. That's why it's important to recognize that dads are the primary disciples of the home. We see that from all the way from, from Deuteronomy 6 all the way through to Ephesians 5. And scripture over and over and over, it says that dads, you, you need to, to make sure that your children are raised and understand who God is and how life works and how the world works and, and pour into them and, and train them up in the way that they're supposed to go. This is the work of a dad. And yeah, moms come alongside and are incredible, essential helps in that. But the responsibility falls on the shoulders of a good father, a wise father. And you know what discipleship requires? Intentionality. It's not going to happen. Discipleship doesn't just happen. It doesn't just fall out of the sky like, oh, I was discipled, right? Like when Jesus showed up on earth, there were zero disciples. Zero. And the same people that were going to be disciples were born in this world, and they were living lives, doing whatever. They had no idea what their future was, right? And Jesus had to show up, walk into their lives, and say intentionally, follow me. And then watch me and do this. Now you do it. Discipleship doesn't just happen. It requires intentionality, and wise fathers recognize it. Look how this father in, this, in Proverbs, how wise he is. He starts with something he knows is going to be the hook. He knows it's important for his kid, right? He's like, you like honey? Great. You know what's like honey? Wisdom. Right? He uses intentionally. He's looking at opportunities in life to point his child to not just enjoyment of life, but also becoming, building great character to have a great future. 
And so it requires intentionality. A father looks at his child and says, I have a responsibility to help shape this child. I'm going to help them grow. And thinks about that. And finds ways to help them grow, which also requires wisdom, doesn't it? How can you impart wisdom if you don't have wisdom? And so a wise father begins by being first looking to the word itself. I mean, this father understood the importance of wisdom first before he says to his son, you know what's uh, sweet like honey? Wisdom is. How did he know that? He probably had a, a father too that was teaching him. And as he grew in life, recognized the value of wisdom, how it makes life a lot sweeter when you're not doing foolish things. And so a wise father also needs to grow in wisdom himself, depend upon the Lord, look for ways to, to how to grow in that so he can pass it on. But it's not just intentionality and wisdom. There's also something that's necessary. It's called relationship. You notice the father in here knew something really important for his son? He knew his son liked honey. Do you know how worthless this message would be if that son hated honey? But eat honey, my son. It's good for you. And the kid's like, I hate honey. That lesson's over. The reason it helped is because in this particular instance, the father knew, kid like honey. And this one, maybe this kid would seek out honey. The father's like, I want you to seek out wisdom like you seek out honey, right? I want you to be like a kid in the candy store. I want you to seek this out. I want you to be intentional for it, right? I want you to go find it. And it requires relationship. And this really takes effort. I mean, oftentimes to provide what's good for our children in this world requires dads to sacrifice a lot. A lot of, of our physical strength, our emotional energy, our time, going to work and doing all those other things and making sure they have what is good, and then having the effort to come in when you're exhausted and then to go and play with them, right? And to go and to see them succeed and all that kind of That's exhausting. And then to take the extra effort of making sure that they're growing the Lord, making sure that they're, they're understanding who God is, that they're in the Word, that they're understanding what I pray, you having these conversations with them about what is real, and then to get to know your kid, that's a lot of effort. That takes a, a lot of, uh, of uh, strength. It takes a lot of time. And I think oftentimes that last part, that relationship, sometimes we forget to do. And we forget to, we, we play, but we don't get to know. And this father had to know his child. He had to know what was important to the child so he knew how to talk to him. And here's the crazy thing about kids is they're all different. Did you know they're people? People are weird, right? And they all have their own attitudes and, and ideas and all these things. And a dad's got to know his kids. And we treat them all the same by treating them all differently in a way. And knowing who they are, we have to, to, to hear their hearts. What are their motivations? Where are they at? What are their struggles? so that we can truly disciple them. If our children don't know that we love them, they're never going to know care how much we, we want them to, to grow in the future. Why would they trust us in that? But you really can't get to this point of a successful future if you're not doing what's good for them. And you're not, they're not going to trust you enough with the future if you make their life miserable, if you're not showing them that you want them to enjoy life. To be able to teach your child that you want them to have a sweet future, you have to earn that. And that's through relationship. A great example with my own son. Now, we were talking the other day, and we were having one of those deep conversations about God. And uh, he was disagreeing with me because he was named accurately, and I love that. You know, he's not just going to say, hey, Dad, I disagree, right? He's going to challenge. And we got to a point, it was kind of an impasse, and I said, Thomas, you know, I know that you're not, you don't see this, and he's a really good debater, far better than me. And uh, I said, you, you may not trust this, 
think that I'm wrong, but you need to trust my heart. Look back in the, in the past. Haven't I demonstrated that I love you? Haven't I demonstrated that in our life consistently that I'm going to choose what's best for you, <laughs> that I really want what's good for you? Yeah. Haven't I demonstrated pretty closely that you've done all right? Can, and yeah, can you trust me in this? <laughs> and he was like, okay. The reason he was able to follow is because I had built upon those first two things. In a way, perfectly no, but consistently yes. Now, I don't know about you, but I look at these as a dad, these three things, that a wise father wants what's good for their children, a wise father wants their children to enjoy life, and a wise father wants their children to have a successful future. And as a father, I look at that and I feel great conviction because I don't do it perfectly. I don't. I mean, I, I try and I look at these things and I, and I think I'm growing in that, but here's the struggle. And when I look at those things, I am not a perfect dad. There are times that I'm selfish. There are times I'm grumpy, right? Uh, there are times where I can be short-sighted. And so when I look at these, sometimes I feel that conviction. Here's the thing that the Word of God is supposed to bring to us. It's, it's this wisdom. It's kind of like when gals read uh, Proverbs 31, sometimes they read that and they're like, ah, oh, great, <laughs> right? Here's where it is. We look at this, dads, and we say, okay, if I, if this is where it is, I want to see where I am being wise and where I can become more wise. That's the part of, of Proverbs. Remember last week we talked about it? it was written so we can grow in wisdom. So as a father, if you're looking in there and you're looking at ways you're saying, well, I'm not been real great at looking at seeking my kids best, <laughs> seeking what's good for them, start there. See, wisdom can start today. Isn't that awesome? And now you know where to begin. That's the power of Proverbs. If you've been finding you're choosing your goods above your kids first, and that's been a primary motivator, that's not a, a wise way to live. But the Word of God says you can start now. Even if you're a grandfather, you can start now. Start there. Or if you've been providing for your kids, seeking what's good, but you haven't really cared so much if they've been enjoying life, there's that next step for you. You can grow into that. Right? You, can, you can build on that, and you can say, how can I play with my kids, find ways to engage with them? Or maybe you've been doing both of those things really well, but you recognize you haven't been taking the lead in helping disciple them. Today's an opportunity to do that. So I think, how can I begin to build relationships so I can learn how to disciple my kid and draw them close to the Lord? You can begin there. Now, here's a great thing, that all of us have dads, right? Some of them were good. Like, my dad was really great. He was very wise. And, uh, and as a dad, I do some of these things, each of those steps, and I can grow more in those. But, uh, and I know some folks here, they didn't have great dads. But here's something amazing for us all, and this is your bonus, because you were also good sitting there listening, is that God is a wise father. Then when we look into the Scripture, our God is a wise father. If you are a believer in Christ, God is your father. And you have the wisest father of all. You know that God wants good things for you? There's the enemies out there trying to tell you that God's there to steal your joy or to, to make you miserable and all. That's baloney. That is a lie. God wants you to have good things. He wants what is good for you. Ultimately, that's, I mean, that's where he begins. How do we know that? Well, he died on a cross for you. He laid himself down so that you could have life. Even though sometimes you're annoying, just like me. His Holy Spirit moved into your body with you. Never leave you. God wants what is good for you. We have to own that. And not only does God want you to have good things, He doesn't just stop there. God wants you to enjoy life. Jesus said He didn't just come that you would have life, but that you have life abundantly. Think how amazing that is. 
that our God, He put gifts into your Holy Spirit, in your spirit from His Holy Spirit so you could do amazing things for Him. God wants you to enjoy life. And evidence of that, what did God do with His first thing? He created paradise for us. And we messed it up. So what is He doing right now? Making another paradise. And in the meantime, He's at work in our lives, not just to survive the drudgery of this broken world, but to be more than overcomers in this world. We live with purpose, and God is doing good things in us. In fact, the Scripture says all good gifts come from God. To know that God is there, and He wants you to have a good life, but not just today, that God also wants to have you to have a successful future. And not just in this life, but for eternity. That God is more committed to your success than you will ever be. That we have a good, good father. God is the best father has ever been. So if you need a wise father, now turn to God. And so how do we apply this? How does the word of God, when he comes here and talks about the heart of a wise father, how does all of us supposed to respond to this? What is, what is the point of this passage? Well, we read about it in that very last part there. It says, uh, verse 15, or sorry, verse 14, know also that wisdom is like honey for you. If you find it, there's a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. The application that the Word of God gives for us is to treat wisdom like honey. Just like a kid would, would seek after candy. And if you want to know what a kid would seek after candy, think about Easter, right? We hide eggs, eggs, and kids go crazy to find them. Why? Because sometimes there's candy also. I imagine if I just hid eggs, Thomas would be like, whatever, right? But there's candy out there too. Seek after wisdom like it's candy. Go after it. Find it. Hunt it down. You know what? It's in here. It's the tre greatest treasure hunt there's ever been. And that's what Proverbs is all about. And so if we're going to go after, go after wisdom like honey, the first thing we've got to seek it out. We have to go and find it with expectation. It's going to be sweet. It's going to be awesome. And when we inevitably find it, you savor it. Remember we talked about last week, like Proverbs are supposed to be like everlasting gobstoppers, right? They're not gummy bears. You don't, don't chew them up and swallow it, right? You're supposed to, to sit on it for a while. If you, if you just crunch it down, you miss the best part. You know, when wisdom comes into your life, savor it. When God gives you the ability to have wisdom in a relationship and all of a sudden you, you do something amazing in it, like, yeah, enjoy that. When God allows you to be better with your finances or better at work with your jobs or better relationship or, or better as a parent, guess what? Savor that. Enjoy it because wisdom makes life sweet. In fact, foolishness is what makes life bitter, isn't it? And if your life is really bitter right now, sometimes it's because, well, you need a little more wisdom. So find that wisdom and savor it and the sweetness of life it provides. And so as we kind of Remind ourselves, bring this point to sermon, kind of a, a wrap up a little bit. Just to remind ourselves that wise fathers want good things for their children. So dads, it's awesome to know. Isn't it great your kids have somebody looking out for their good? And wise father also, they want their children to enjoy life. And we celebrate that. The joy and the great things that wise fathers bring. But also wise fathers want their children to have a successful future. And we look as a nation at what's happening in our country and to know that dads have an important and integral role in, in the intervention of the next generation, that we can help our children have a successful future. God designed us for it, so let's step up and do it. Let's grow that heart of a wise father. But for all of us, know this. God is our wise father. Let him seek your good. Enjoy life with God. 
and trust him as you walk in, in discipleship as he sets that future for you. It's an amazing thing. And so we're going to bring this uh, uh, message to close. I'm going to have the worship team come up, and Larry's going to have some next steps for you, which are on your connection card. If you're joining us online, uh, they're somewhere on there, but we'll, we'll go through them on the screen. But here's the thing. Um, as we kind of bring this together, what we want to do is we want to pray for you dads because it's a hard role and it's a great role. We want to pray for them, and we also want to pray a blessing over the fathers of this community. So would you please join me as we, as we do that now? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that first we can call you our Heavenly Father, and we wish you a happy Father's Day. <laughs> and Lord, we bring to you our gift of praise this morning, and may it be pleasing to you. We're thankful to you, Father, that you seek our good, that, that you help us to en- live enjoyable lives, and that you are, are concerned about our future and want us to have a sweet future. And so, Lord, we, we turn to you and we follow you. And Lord, we thank you that you set this great example for us earthly dads, as imperfect as we are. Father, I thank you for the many dads that are in this congregation, in this community. We ask that you would lift them up and build them up in their amazing and important role. May this church be a place of support for them. May they find encouragement here, Lord. And and may we all, as dads that have this and as grandfathers, help us, Lord, to to follow your example in this as, as we seek the good of our children, as we help them enjoy life, as we help them find a better future. And Lord, most of all in all of this, uh, I pray for this church family, that you will bless the dads here, Lord, so that our next generations could become more powerful disciples than even we are as you receive glory. We pray that in the wonderful name of Jesus who saves us.